Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 21. I am joined today with Aaron Fennell for 21st Century Equipment, Matt Hauschel from Wade Inc., and Dallas Smith from Western Tractor in Canada. And kind of today we're going to talk about uh, the remarketing manager meeting we had a couple weeks ago and just get some takeaways from that. And then we're going to just jump into kind of what's going on in, in uh, each person's respective area and then uh, kind of head things off that way. So, guys, thanks for being on the podcast. You bet. You bet. Thank you, bet. Thank you guys. Glad we could be here. Awesome. So, um, well, Aaron, we'll start with you first. So, just got back from Nashville, had a pretty good time. It feels like, seems like everybody did. It's always good to see everybody. And and uh, what did you, uh, give me a couple things you might have taken away from that, from that time together and in Nashville. Well, I personally think, you know, and my role is different than than some of the other guys there, but my my biggest takeaway from that meeting every year is to is the networking side of it. Um, you know, putting faces with names. I know you know, Dallas commented on that when we were sitting at the at the table there during one of the speeches and that's probably the biggest thing I hear other guys comment on too, you know, is you, you talk to, we talk to each other on the phone, we email back and forth and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's fun to put a face with a name and also, you know, get, get to know each other better. So I, you know, I would say that that's, that's the biggest factor for me is the, is the networking portion of it. Cool. Dallas, or go ahead. What you would you? Get I, I think. I mean, like like Aaron and Dallas said, the networking part of it is, is a lot of the reason that I go, and so I really enjoy that getting to know people. And um, as far as the guys that we had there this year, I think the very first speaker was probably one of the better ones to me. Um, and how he kind of portrayed, you know, that the ag industry every thirty years we seem to have a high. And, and kind of gave me a little insight on what he thought was going to drive the next for the next thirty years. I mean, I think that was a very good one yeah. um, from Mike that we had that that Friday, that Tuesday night up there. Yeah. But the networking is definitely the positive the positive thing on for me too is getting to know you know more people and yeah. getting to, you know see what their needs might be so if we can make something happen. Yep. Dallas. Well, for me, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ditto a few remarks, but uh, definitely, definitely the networking piece because of the fact of uh, I just I just believe it's a lot easier to deal with a person um, if you actually know a little bit about them and they know who your face is and and uh, you know when you, when you pick up the phone and you're trying to figure something out or there's something that wasn't quite right, it, it's a lot easier to talk to someone you know than someone. It's just always been on an end of an email, right, or an end of a phone. So um, that's, you know, one of the major reasons I come. Um, it's interesting, you know, coming from Canada, we, we get down there and we hear a lot about corn and soybeans, right? And, uh, you know, uh, as far as, you know, from from that marketplace, uh, we understand that, you know, the U.S. basically, re, you know, kind of revolves around those two crops. Well, I understand there's some niche areas, but that that's the main driver, and uh, it's just interesting. Uh, it's just interesting to understand the different take of of how important those two crops are, um, you know, to to the U.S. and and how much impact it has on profitabilities of farms everywhere. Um, 
Chip, uh, Chip spoke a lot about, you know, profit and loss of corn and soybeans. And then he had put up a bunch of charts. And I think that's, uh, you know, one takeaway, whether it's corn, soybeans, you know, barley, wheat, doesn't really matter what it is. Um, but making sure, you know, as you're having those conversations with producers, you know, that they are understanding, you know, where their, where their break-even points are, or where their losses are, right? And being able to, to better market knowing, knowing where your costs are at. And, and that was one big takeaway. I mean, we, we all do it in our businesses today, but, um, you know, sometimes you're not sure how much uh, the producer is is using that formula so yeah I, and i agree with that i mean I, that always it's always fun to get together with you guys and network and 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 do stuff meet new people you haven't met before and it's amazing how 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 much of a bond you can form after you drink a few beers together so it's uh that's always a it's always a plus for me but kind of back to dallas's point the uh you know what chip had to say chip Nellinger had to say there about you know showing those different charts and, and knowing you know, how to talk to the customer and really knowing when to go talk to him and, and when not to go talk to him really, but it was kind of that point. But, um, you know, I got a lot out of the economists that had, that came and, and they, uh, they kind of painted that picture of, uh, you know, we're not necessarily out of the woods, but not necessarily going to get any worse either. You know, it was kind of what I took from that. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be kind of, uh, the same here for the next two or three years to kind of, kind of what I took from that. So I'm, a uh, at least it's kind of good to feel, like you said, and like you said, uh, Matt said with, with Mike Pierce, uh, Pearson with the, uh, kind of showing the, the, uh, the thirty-year cycle, of, of the business and what that looks like. We're we're obviously at the bottom of the thirty-year cycle and trying to make our way out of it right now. But, um, you know, it's we have plenty to look forward to that's positive in the coming coming year. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, definitely. What uh, let's just jump in a little bit with kind of what's going on in each each one of you guys' uh, areas. So Matt, you're dealing with uh, looks like a hurricane is going to be coming through here for too long and give you some more rain. Um, when you look at looking at the projections, is it, it going to come right across? Or are you going to be more to the to the east of where it's got going to stay a little more west of you? Well, I looked at it yesterday and it was mainly showing to be a little bit of the east of us, but. Looking at it late last night, it said it's going to kind of be right on top of it. So uh, we really don't know where it's going to go. It's going to go where it's going to go, but we can't stop it. Um, but biggest thing right now, you know, dealing <clears throat> with that is we've got a lot of guys down here that is uh, already defoliated some cotton, and the bowls are starting to, to get really good and open, and that, that white cotton is starting to be exposed. and. A lot of rain can really, really hurt a cotton crop once it gets the bowls open and it's there. You know, um, that's one worry that we have. And but as far as corn and soybeans and things like that, we have. I mean, we're corn's out. Um, probably ninety-five percent of our corn is out. I would say we got certain areas that might start a little late, got plenty a little later, but a lot of it is out. Soybeans, I went through the. Delta Tuesday from one store to another store. It is, I mean, a lot of soybeans are getting cut, but that's pretty much out. Um, but cotton, it could potentially hurt our cotton a little bit. Maybe we won't get too much rain. 
Um, and we've got one location that grows sweet potatoes. And, I mean, they're, they're steady to harvest them as fast as they can get them. Probably a little bit of a shower, not much, wouldn't hurt them. Keep them skinning the sweet potatoes up. But they don't want a lot of rain either. So we don't need much. Hopefully we won't get much. But right. we'll have to deal with the cardboard dealt and make things happen from there on. What did you get? Did you get any uh, ramifications from from Harvey when it came through there? Did I hurt anything? It we got a little rain from Harvey. Um, it didn't really hurt anything. Um, you know, not that I that I heard. You know, it kind of slowed the harvest down a little bit, but it didn't really hurt anything that bad. I mean, we're getting to the point right now though that it wouldn't hurt to have a little shower, but we're getting dry. Um, but. You know, we just don't need a lot right now. I'm trying to get this. The main thing is this cotton crop. We've got some people that started. I mean, I've seen some a bunch of round bales of cotton in the Delta in the fields, but you got some guys on the eastern side of our territory that have, hadn't got quite started yet. So they, they're kind of a little antsy, wishing they could be out there picking right now, but they're kind of waiting on all the bowls, just the bowls open up. Yeah. So. What, when are they thinking Nate's going to hit, come through your guys' area? Uh, what I'm just looking at on the internet, probably late Sunday night, what they're showing, um, right now, but you know how those things do, I mean, they could be like the one that hit Houston and sit there and spin forever right? and drop 30 inches of rain on top of you. Yeah. Hopefully this one will not do that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the projections I saw, it looked like it was going to be a pretty fast mover. Like it was going to kind of hit land and move across there pretty fast. So hopefully it won't mess up too much yeah. stuff for you guys. Yeah, I hope, I hope it don't. It's kind of odd. I'm sitting there reading on Weather Channel. It's, uh, I think only I read was only four hurricanes that hit landfall um, in October. Usually the peak of hurricane season in September. I said that the cold fronts that, you know, come start kind of blow them away. Yeah. Well, I'm hitting a little bit more of Florida or blowing out to the Atlantic Ocean. A little more kind of odd that we're getting one in the first week of October. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. We, this will be the, if this one does make landfall, it'll be uh, be the fourth one that's hit the United States this year. So that'll be kind of crazy. Or at least not direct hits yeah. anyway, but we've had, you know, four different occasions where we've gotten rain or something for four different hurricanes. So. So what do you see happening now, yeah. right now, end of the year? Talk about that a little bit. What do you see happening at the end of the year? How's that shaping up for you? I think, I mean, end of the year, we've had, I mean, as overall, each crop we've had has done really, really well. I mean, the corn crop was probably one of the best ones we've had in a while. Um, so that's, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of um, farmer get, you know, farmers getting happy. You know, might let go of a little bit of money at the end of the year. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be a, a you know, good year, you know, year in uh, for us, you know, potentially, you know, maybe sell a, some new stuff and hopefully sell a lot of used stuff is what I want to sell. So, um, but I think, I think we're going to have a good, a good year in. Good. So. <clears throat> How are the auctions down there? Anything auction market wise that's surprising you or standing out to you at all? Uh, not really. Not, I mean, I've been watching a few local guys, um, and I hadn't really seen, you know, anything that's surprising. Everything's just about where it should be, you know. Yeah. And 
you know, go back to, you know, talking about, um, you know, listening to Machine Repeat, and I think he has a lot to say about, you know, depending on the area you're in, depending on the crop situation, I think you will see a little higher prices in those areas compared to the areas that have drought. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think down here we're going to get, you know, all what a, a southern machine could be worth, you know, in the auction market. So I think, I think it'll be fine. Good deal. Yeah, it sounds like everything's kind of shaping up kind of across the country to be a fairly decent crop, um, at least in the U.S. Dallas, what do you, uh, how conditions up where you're at and, and, and what's the, uh, what, how are things going up there? Well, we've got, uh, I guess at the end of the day, we've got uh, crazy weather patterns all over North America this year. Um, we saw a uh, extreme drought through our area this year. It uh, we we haven't seen any moisture until uh, Sunday um, in about eighty days. So um, really, really, really dry. Uh, we are we are in a a big area of irrigation, um, probably about one point two million acres of irrigation across our locations. So we're fairly protected by that. But uh, in saying that, uh, the the reserves are very low. Um, there's there's no moisture in the ground on the dry land, and uh, you know a lot of the reservoirs and things like that are are sucked down substantially uh, because of no rain for for you know over two months. So we we've had a different year this year. Um, been a lot more challenging. Uh, currently on Sunday, we ended up with about two feet of wet snow. Um, you know, which is followed by today, um, you know, by, I, I'm going to talk in Fahrenheit weather, so everybody understands, but we're followed today by about, uh, you know, we're probably 55 degrees and uh, 70 mile an hour winds today. So all the, all the snow should be gone uh, by the end of the day, no problem, pretty easy, um, but it's, it's nice because it will put some moisture back in the ground very quickly um we've got a little bit of potatoes still out um all our small grain crop is in we've got some silage corn um that may be only three or four days left um it's kind of too bad we got all that heavy snow because it's going to make it a little bit more challenging to harvest that and then we still got a fair amount of sugar beets in the ground but this moisture is good good for the sugar beets it'll help the sugar beets come out a little bit easier and just got to get the temperature cooled down so uh, they can be stored without uh, without rotting. But other than that, all in all, I would say um, from a producer standpoint, things are still looking, you know, fairly positive because of the irrigation. You know, a lot of guys have a mix of irrigation and dryland crops, and a lot of the producers are saying today that, you know, what they're what their yields were in the irrigation because of the extreme hot dry weather this year and, and being able to put the water on are are going to make up for, you know, what they, what they did lose on their dry land crops. So all in all, uh, you know, things are pretty good. We're, we're very, very diverse where we are. We grow, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of over 30 different crops. So there's a lot of diversity and a lot of guys doing things different. Uh, so that, that offers some protection uh, when it comes to the markets, but uh, but things are okay. And looking forward to you know 
year end, uh, I would assume your guys' year end or fiscal year ends are, are probably December 31st. I know that's the, that's the, usually the case in the U.S. Uh, ours is October 31st. So we're coming up here on year end, um, as a, as a business, our fiscal year end. Things are looking pretty good. All in all, we are still a little heavy on used equipment in certain areas, but, uh, the, the outlook of producers is good and and we think we'll be able to move through most everything that we need to get rid of by year end. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what's happening up here in Canada. So just as a point of reference, Dallas, tell, tell everybody where you're at Canada. Okay. So we are, we are just North of the U S border North of Montana. So straight North of great falls, um, and, uh, we're about, uh, 50 miles north of the U S border. And, uh, yeah, we stretch across our territory. We basically stretch from the British Columbia border to the Saskatchewan border, right on the, right on the South, South end of Alberta, right along the Montana border the whole way. So that's where we are. Right on. Aaron, what do you see happening? What's going on out here? Oh, well, harvest is going, um, beets are, beets are starting to come out quite a bit here in the last, oh, two, three weeks. Um, I haven't heard any reports yet other than, you know, as far as legitimate data, but I know guys have said the beets have been pretty decent. Um, we're doing, edible beans are usually done by now, but we have, kind of been stuck in this wet cold pattern for a while here um and that makes edible bean harvest very very difficult um about half our guys i would say maybe not even half maybe 35 40 percent of our guys direct harvest edible beans um mostly great northerns in our territory uh the rest of them are still uh using like pickets one one step windrowing them and then picking them up out of the windrow and when it's wet and cold like this it makes that job pretty damn tough because they're laying on the ground the beans can get stained because them great northerns are white and if they get stained and discolored you really take it in the shorts on that part of it um we are corn harvest in this part of the world is usually pretty darn late um, it sets in, at least in the, I'd, let me rephrase that in the Northern half of our territory, it's pretty late. Um, down around our Colorado stores and stuff, you get, they get cracking pretty decent time frame, kind of starting to get rolling down there. Um, and the Nebraska portion, Nebraska, Wyoming portion, it's pretty late. I know there's been some feedlot corn coming out, high moisture corn going to feedlots. Um, you guys are planting wheat, getting that rolling, keeping that going, trying to. Um, just kind of a lot of a lot of irons in the fire time of year out in this out in this neck of the woods. And I know the potatoes. We got a fair amount of potatoes here and there scattered about, and they've they've been rolling hot and heavy for a month here. And I know they're still going because you see them out in the field rolling and trucks all over the road and everything else. So. So with you dealing primarily in the wholesale side of the business, 
and and working mostly with dealers and stuff like that how do you see that side of the business working out through the end of the year and, and what do you see that's going to be positive or negative uh, moving towards the end of the year well you know for for my specific part of the business um i rely on kind of the entire continent if you will um and i you will know, yeah of course if if things are good and good in Canada, if things are good in, you know, the e- eastern Corn Belt, if things are good down in the Delta, it it has more impact on on uh, my portion of the business more so than what's going on locally. Um, we have our own personal inventory levels are pretty low, and we've been in a pretty hot and heavy buying mode here lately. Um, and then, you know, as, as that goes along, that, that creates swapping, trading opportunities like that. Um, it's, it's been, you get, you get to this time of year, um, you know, a guy's, a guy's out picking corn and the yield monitor's climbing, 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 as long as it's calibrated. And, uh, he, he's in a pretty good mood and he mentioned something you want to strike pretty quick. So it's, it's pretty it's a pretty fast-paced, hammer-down time of year in that sense. Plus, you're going into year-end, and guys are wanting to, you know, like us, we're, we're in buying mode right now as much as anything. And there's, you know, other guys are looking to fill inventory holes or what have you. So that, that has an impact on it as well, obviously. Um as far as going into year end, I think there's I think there's going to be maybe more opportunity than I originally thought. Just judging off of where where my uh, business has been the last couple months, if you would have asked me that in the middle of summer, I'd have tell you just we'll just go home and we'll see you in eighteen. But it's 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 perked up here quite a bit um, last month and a half, two months. And you know, I, I think I think it'll be okay. What next year brings, I, I don't know. There's you hear a lot of, you know, on the oh the ag TV shows and market shows and all that kind of stuff and on the radio you hear a lot of doom and gloom about eighteen. But then on the flip side you also hear that, you know, we are in the bottom. It literally is not gonna get much worse. But then as I'm talking to people all throughout the country, you know, price of corn's almost free and but everybody's got good yields. Right. Well, you know, it's hard to make it climb up when you got shit piled all over. So we will we will see what happens there. Soybean market um here doesn't have a heck of a lot of impact for us. We do have a fair amount of corn. But but we're pretty diverse too within our territory, you know, north to south. We we got beets, we got potatoes, corn, wheat, um, edible beans. We got a little bit of everything. Yeah, lot lots of hay. So we we got a little bit of everything, which us ourselves keeps us pretty pretty balanced. You know, nobody has all their eggs in one basket. Um, which conversely. We we never get into a real bad dry spell. There's always at least a, a decent sized trickle. Um, 
and that's because of that diversity. So it just it just depends on what you know. But even with that, you're still gonna have you're still gonna have maybe a, a couple problem ch- children in the inventory and that kind of thing. But but uh, by and large, it's it's. I think throughout the year end it'll be it'll be pretty decent and just have to be aggressive and keep shit rolling. Yeah, that's kind of what I agree with that too. I think going through the end of the year that we're going to have have a a pretty good year end. I feel like we're going to hit the goals that we need to hit and and do the stuff we have. I'm kind of leery about the first of the year just because I think it's going to be a lot like last year was where January, February, March are pretty slow and then once guys got stuff planted. Um, and, and started seeing some wheat come up and, and what that looked like, there was going to be a, a little more more trickle down. So there's a lot of stuff happening in the world right now from the from the market standpoint. Last last time last uh, number 19, I had Chip on Chip Nellier on to talk about what he saw happen in the market. We asked talked about what's going on in the world, and there's there's a lot of drought in a lot of places that are really going to uh, affect the, the the price here. You know. Uh, you look down in South America. There's there's plenty of drought down there where they haven't even planted their crop yet because they have no moisture in the ground. Uh, the Black Sea and the in Australia, both area uh, wheat growing areas are, are pretty dry right now. So again, they're not planting. Um, the Black Sea anyway is not planting what they had to get planted because of the dryness. And Australia is going through a drought right now, which is their summertime, so they should be harvesting right now. Um, and they're having struggles there too. So there could be some some pretty good. Op- options for guys when you start looking into uh, 2018 that could bring our our commodity prices back around um, and, and give us some give us some hope. But everybody always wants a drought everywhere else, but where they're at. So um, hopefully we can keep our crop together and 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 the, and the rest of the world can can uh, have the droughts and stuff like that. So so I'm thinking that my opinion, I think 17 is going to finish up about equal to. To what 18 was, you know, right around there, as far as dollars. Or 16, I'm sorry, 16 was. Settle down, time machine. <laughs> and and then uh, I think I think you know 18 is going to be a lot like 17. I don't think there's going to be much difference there, and I feel like it's going to be uh, um, kind of business as usual, and just trying to figure out how to keep things rolling. Um, so three years in a row of, of kind of struggle will will uh, kind of weed some folks out, um, you know on all the way across the whole spectrum. So it'll be interesting to see how 2018 plays out and what that looks like uh, for dealer dealer groups and, and for the uh, for the farmers alike. So um, quick roundtable here, and we'll wrap it up. Taking a look at, at equipment going through the end of the year, 2017 into 18. Um, what do you think the the big the winners will be as far as what 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 machine do you feel like is going to be the the most sought after one, and, and then what do you think is going to be the probably the biggest loser when you take a look at, at what's out there. So, uh, Matt, we'll start with you. What I think the biggest winner is going to be, well, I think, I mean, I think your, your low hour used clean tractors. Um, I think they're going to be probably sought after more so. Then, um, you know, somebody wanting a possible one-year-old, um, you know, even a, a clean old, older tractor, like an 8420 or something, less than 5,000 hours, I think that's something that will be highly sought after in my area. 
um, for guys that, you know, want to add a third tractor or second tractor but don't want to spend, you know, $150,000 to $200,000. Um, I think those tractors, I mean, I'm kind of seeing it right now that that's a pretty sought-after tractor. Um, we just don't have a lot of them down here. Um, as far as, you know, it, in our area, it depends on what the price of cotton does. I mean, last year we had an exceptional year as far as, you know, selling new pickers for this year and, and ended up having no uh, module pickers on our lots. You know, uh, then we had one at one time, but we ended up selling it. Um, I think cotton prices could, could uh, you know, going to dictate what happens there for us. Um, I mean... Just in our area, if cotton prices go out of the roof, I mean, combines are going to be something in our area that will struggle. But I think everybody across the country struggles with combines. Um, but down here, when cotton goes up, everybody goes back to planting cotton. Um, I think combines could be a struggle for us. Um, but other than you know that, I think you know your one-year-old equipment is going to be struggle with some of those and in combines is what I think is going to be a big struggle for us because it depends on the price of cotton and what it does you know and even the price of you know corn soybeans rice we don't plant a lot of wheat down here certain places do but we don't typically plant a lot of wheat in our you know main row crop area being in the delta because if you plant it come January February um we end up with a lot of snow geese, and they tend to enjoy that wheat more than letting it grow. Um, so we don't, you know, wheat's not a really big crop for us down here. But that's my take on it. Um, what I think, you know, could be a big winner and big loser um, for us. With the with the harvest uh, kind of pretty was pretty much done in Texas. I mean, there's still probably twenty five. 10, 15 percent to go yet in Texas with the cotton crop. Have you seen a, a price jump with cotton since uh, with, with what's happened in Texas? I, be honest with Casey, I've looked at the cotton market, but I haven't, you know, really kept a close eye on it. I'm be honest with you. Um, it possibly could be a you know a, a jump with it because I mean there's a you know with the hurricane down there, there's a lot of cotton that was already picked and. Um, a lot of it's going to be damaged, um, you know, and it all depends on here. You know, if we get a bunch of rain and, and it, you know, it's going to degrade that cotton just like it, you know, degrades those beans. You know, if that cotton gets discolored or it's real wet or, you know, something happens like that, I mean, it can hurt our cotton crop just as well as, you know, hurricane can. But I, you know, <clears throat> I think it potentially could have a, a you know, Make a jump on it a little bit. It's just going to have to see, you know, you got Mississippi and Alabama and Georgia and Arkansas who are still, you know, rolling, picking cotton or getting started. Um, I think it potentially could, you know, help it a little bit, see a, see a price increase a little bit mainly yeah. on it. Dallas, what do you see? Well, from our end, uh, I think our biggest 
Our biggest uh, winners will probably be 20 and 30 series uh, eights and nines. So uh, big demand for those, and obviously supply and demand as it goes. There's the supply is is uh, gets less and less as uh, they get older, and hours go go up, and condition goes down. So. Any good, uh, good use 2030 series, eight to nines, um, that's kind of our, will be our big winner for next year. Um, on top of that too, I think, uh, I think we'll see a really good year for used RX tractors. Uh, we have quite a market here for them and, uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have some used ones coming in and I think, uh, I think we'll be seeing a good market for our used RX tractors here. Uh, as always, and as everybody else has stated too, uh, combines, you know, combines are a large portion of our business, um, in dollars and in units. Uh, but that is also one of the things that we always have to work very hard at to work our way through them. So yeah, to answer your question, combines will be, you know, probably our, our hardest move and, uh, and eights, nines and RXs will, will probably be our biggest winners for looking into 2018. Um, we'll uh, be interesting to see what the markets do here, um, you know, with with hurricanes and droughts and different things all over the world right now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the sugar beet crop does and what the price does there. Um, I think we may, we may end up seeing a little bit of a shortage on the sugar side. Um, and, and I think, those guys, well, where we are here this year, you know, we're going to have very high sugar content, very good beets coming out of the ground right now. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the price has the ability to be very, very strong this year. So. Oh, I would say probably kind of opposite of Matt a little bit. Our our biggest winners is going to be that one-year-old stuff that we can actually physically have our hands on before the end of the year. Um, it's going to be good stuff. Just because I feel like we have a lot of we have a lot of those guys that you know, back back before the back before the glory days a few years ago, they were 5-year-old buyers. They became new buyers, kind of got used to having that warranty and all that kind of stuff. And and as we fell off the edge of the cliff in 14, 15, 16, still falling, a lot of those guys here in the last couple of years have kind of become the buyer for the one-year-old, um, which ironically enough, you know, back, back in the heyday, we were in kind of the same, same place as Matt with that one-year-old stuff, like, what the hell are we going to do with this? You know, the guy that buys that buys new. Well, he's back, right. you know. Um, so I, th- I think that stuff kind of be a winner. More so in tractors than combines, for sure. Um, combines are, are a little tough, but way better than they probably have been in 10 years. Oh, yeah. um, and I think a lot of that's just because we got, you know, we got our inventory level down. And we're kind of running lean and mean right now. So 
I don't know that there's a, I really don't know that there's a big loser out there other than I guess I'd throw combines in that mix because they, that's kind of their address. That's where they live. Yeah. 101 loser Avenue. Um, and that, <laughs> that, you know, it, it's just, it, that's, but even as bad as they are, they're, they're not certainly sure as hell not the end of the world on them. Um, you know, the, the other bigger things, hay equipment's been, been pretty good. Tractors are red hot. Uh, sprayers are hot. Um, you know, and I, we have such a damn big territory that it's, you know, you have to have an obnoxious amount of inventory for it to be a problem, you know, um, or something just not spec right, which we have that problem with combines. We got some, some configurations of combines that we have, we run into troubles with for the, for the second guy or third guy, but we really don't have a lot of, a lot of losers, so to speak. Um, and I can't really pinpoint one thing, you know, and throw my hands up and walk away pissed off that they're going to be terrible. Um, you know, one-year-old, two-year-old tractors are the winners, far and away, eight thousands. Um, I guess that's that's my three cents on the deal. Yep. And I would I would echo a lot of those points. It feels like to me that that uh, you know tractors are definitely going to be continue to be a, a big winner. And like you said, it seems like in our area, the one-year-old stuff that we can get our hands on that is not completely priced out of the marketplace. Um, we have buyers for that. Um, we also, when it comes to combines, combines are always going to, I mean, even when times were good, combines were a tough thing um, to move. Well, they were to, worse then because they were, everybody's buying new. Right. That secondary market's always a tough place for combines. But I feel like our combine marketplace has, uh, it's kind of, it's very robust. You know what I mean? There's all of our. Robust. It's all, girthy. It's girthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of, uh, there's plenty of opportunity with, with the, where we're at because it just feels like we always need – every crop needs a combine here except for sugar beets. So, yeah, sugar beets raise hell on an STS. Yeah. The one surprise that I'm at, uh, there's something about the rotor. and Running those things to the rotor doesn't quite work yeah. so well. Um, it beats the hell out of the sieves. Them beet, them beet chucks just raise hell on them sieves. It beats the hell out of the beet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But what's the biggest? I think the biggest surprise to me when I looked at our inventory of, of what's moving the best and fastest and and it really come on hard is, is hay equipment. We have our, our used baler market and, and and especially wind rowers seem like there's plenty of guys out there looking for those right now. So I was I was uh, a little bit surprised by that. So um, going into the year, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like here, I'm gonna echo everybody else here that combines will be the toughest thing to move. And they are every year. It's not a big surprise that, that they are or there aren't. So I think there's a pretty good opportunity for for everything. And I think it's all going to be, uh, when I look at 18 for our inventory and what we decide to do, it's going to be, you know, what programs we can drive that, that are going to keep things uh, in front of guys. So that's what I'll, that's what it's like that every year. It's not like I'm I'm saying something that's revolutionary here. It's, it's a 
year in and year out programs drive sales, and that's that's what we'll. we'll well, yeah, and that's especially true when commodity prices suck and inventory's a little up. You know, get a little get a little creative with shit, and you can still move iron. Yeah. Yep. So. Y'all, uh, everybody gets a secretary because after you put this online, say we can move one of your equipment, your phone is gonna blow off the hill. Let me put in full disclosure, it has to be the right price and the right specs. <laughs> I can't I can't use an open station narrow front eight three seventy R for three hundred thousand. I can't I can't make that work. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. The only problem is only three people listen to this podcast. So it's going to be pretty short duration. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad I was on it too. So, so half uh, half of the listenership is is on the on the podcast right now. So it's great. Uh, hey, we 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 get uh, we get first dibs on getting out some money or stuff since we did this podcast, isn't it right? There you go. It's a what's well, it's a good thing about living in the U.S. It's an open it's an open free market. So yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of, one of the other things too, Casey, you know, I know um, I know, I probably speak for a lot of people when I'm speaking here, but I uh, also like to thank uh, you and your wife, Jackie, for, you know, uh, putting putting the remarketing meeting together. Um, I think it's been, you know, as we talked about in the first of this podcast, it's been a, a good opportunity to network with people, get to know people, and, and try to work you know, amongst ourselves with other deer dealers to uh, um, to to make this position with used equipment better and to make things easier to to move around the country too. And uh, a lot of thanks goes out for your organization and and uh, you know all the time and effort you guys put in to make that happen. So, well, well, thanks, Dallas. I'm my wife does the bulk of the of the heavy lifting and 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 all that stuff. So um, most of that goes out to her so i i thank you for all that and you know that's that's the whole point of that meeting guys it's all about networking and getting to know people better than than you knew them you know the day before and and i feel like every time i leave that uh, the people that i spend time with um unfortunately i can't spend time with everybody um i feel like i got a stronger bond than when i came in there so that's um it's that's just the, the best part of it is the networking and 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 getting to getting to know people better than than what you and what you did beforehand so so with that guys you got any anybody have any parting thoughts before we shut her down i'm good okay right, i'm sure i'll think I'm about good after after we're done but, uh. <laughs> right on right on all right well that's gonna do it for this edition of the moving iron podcast i'd like to thank aaron fennel matt hassel and dallas smith for being on this edition um, remember, if you want to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com. Uh, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, let's go out and move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out.